Has it ever occurred to you just how incredible grapes are? Now think about it. That little box of raisins your mother packed in your lunch bag was the only fruit that qualified as a dessert. And consider this. When we hear juicy gossip, we say we heard it through the grapevine. We didn't hear it through the apple tree or the berry bush. Grapes are so darn special that the grocery store expects us to snitch a few to ensure quality control. Try doing that with a banana or a pineapple. Admit it, every encounter you've ever had with grapes has been positive. That's why we created Grape Encounters, a place for adults to hang out and focus on the paramount achievement of grapedom. Delicious, irresistible wine. Wine brings people together. It starts conversations. It makes us happy. In fact, wherever there are grapes, there's gorgeous scenery, very cool people, and plenty of laughter. All that being said, let's bring out your guide for this journey. The Wizard of Wine, the Gangster of Grape, David Wilson. You know, if you are a longtime listener to Grape Encounters Radio, you know that there are a handful of people that I have on the show on a regular basis. It's sort of our cast of characters that come back and make the show as colorful as it possibly can be. You know, I was trying to count it up. I think there's like about 15 people that I use on the show repeatedly and have for the past 15 years. There's one person who I don't have on the show nearly as much as I should, because every time he's on the show with me, I have a really, really, really good time, and he is a former rock and roller. He's still a musician. I was going to say magician, but, <laughs> but he is kind of a magician in the kitchen and with wine, and he's a really good time, and he's a really good friend, and his name is Paul Cullen, formerly of, are you sitting down, folks? Formerly bass player for Bad Company. Bad Company. Paul, welcome to the show, dude. David, how are you? I am doing everything in my power to make you jealous because you have been ticking me off for the past few years because you've had this Italy thing going and you lead all these trips to Italy and you're importing all this wine from Italy. Italy this, Italy that. One time I read something on Facebook from you and I said, I don't want to hear another word about Italy, bragger. <laughs> mm -hmm. And look at where you are now. Yeah, who's laughing now, right? <laughs> I know. It's really fun being here. And I'm situated, but you know, there's some details that you have to really work through. One of those is visas and customs and all this stuff that you never really can feel too secure. The best way to feel secure is to apply for citizenship and then it's good. But you know, you've got to really play by the rules because if you don't play by the rules, you're not going to be playing on Italian soil. That's for sure. But they're very wow. nice. They're nice. And I try to be really super careful. I play by the rules. As simple as that. I don't know how it is for for you, so you do these different trips, but you've got a trip coming up in May that I am going to make you take mm -hmm. me on this trip. Right. And you want to tell a little bit about it? This is not what we're going to talk about today, by the way. We're going to talk about such no. an interesting subject today. You all are going to learn a bundle today, but you can learn about Paul's trip first. Go ahead. Yeah, so May 25th, we start our all sailing ship trips. We have two of them and they were both canceled over the last couple of years. And one is Cannes, France to Rome. And then the next one is Rome to Sicily and they're back to back. So you can do one 
or the other or both. We have groups that are doing both, actually. And the Cons France one is awesome because we're going to start out in the Barolo region for three days, hanging out, drinking, eating in Piemonte. We start there for three days and then we get on the ship in Cons. And our first stop is Monte Carlo. And we're going to the Grand Prix, which happens to be on the day no that ki- we're No there. kidding. That's really cool. That's really cool. I've been to Monte Carlo a number of times. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. places to go. And I was there the week before the Grand Prix. And it was so amazing because they had set up the track already. And what they Mm -hmm. do to create this race that just zooms through this city with very narrow streets. Oh, man. That's something. All right. So you're going to be there for the race. That's cool. We already got our seats on the Fairmont Hotel on the roof. I guess it's one of the best spots to watch the race other than, you know, a yacht or a condo overlooking the track. Then we're off and running. We're off to Lerice, Italy, you know, and then Corsica, four stops, Sardinia, which I'm really excited about. It's one of the few regions in Italy that I've never been to. So Sardinia is a great stop. We're going to drink some, of course, one of my favorite wines, Cannonau, and we're going to go to a Cannonau producer and do a wine tasting. Wow, cool. And then we're actually going to the little island of Elba. Oh, let me tell you something. I have been on that island mm-hmm. and that is just sweet place it is so super cool and I, what i remember about that island was that there were these stands that were selling like bread and cheese and stuff like that but this bread that they make there is like little skinny little flutes oh my gosh it's the most delicious thing anyway alba so alba great place then, yeah we end up in rome june the 4th and we get off the ship and go to rome and hang out with my roman friends and drink and eat you know for the whole day and we come back on the ship and we leave that night at 10 o'clock for sicily and we had all the little islands in between rome and sicily including uh stromboli not stromboli but stromboli as they pronounce it in italy which is actually an active volcano and then we hang out in sicily for a whole day in Termina, and we're going to go to a vineyard on Mount Etna. So the coolest part about this whole trip really is the ship itself. It's a 400 foot long wow. tall sailing ship. So it actually sails and only 110 rooms, 200 people at the most. And uh, we have over 50 going on each trip. I believe it was 51. As I recall, it's 51. Oh yeah. Right. With you. Right. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> it sounds amazing. We'll definitely keep people informed on this and I'll post mm-hmm. something if people want to learn more about it and sign up. Yeah, yeah, because we just had some rooms open. It's been sold out for a year. They pulled some rooms, so the room's just open. So there's rooms on both cruises as of Monday. Well, it's one less yeah. than that. That lets us be really Well, clear. exactly. Okay. Instead of 10, it's nine. All right, let's jump into our topic today. You left Bad Company with a good taste in your mouth. And was it Paul Rogers that introduced you to Chateauneuf du Pop? Is that the member? No, it was Mick Ralphs. Mick Ralphs, the oh, uh, guitar. Oh, okay. And you were just like this beer and whiskey kind of a guy. And then you tasted yeah. red wine for the first time. This was French red wine. And it just drove you crazy. And you've been a wino ever since. That's very true. My but- grandfather, Talia Farrell's, his crappy Chianti in a gallon jug. That's my introduction to red wine. And then my next introduction was Chateauneuf. They pop. Big leap. Which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, most people can't pronounce Chateauneuf du Pop, but you can pronounce GSM. Grenache. Yes. Syrah. Mouvedre. They're making a lot of that California gang. It's Chateauneuf du Pop. That's what it is. It's Chateauneuf du Pop. 
the wine, wine of the Pope, except we don't have a Pope in California. We don't. No. So if you're interested in that wine, that's what it is. But anyway, so now you've got these wines that you have sought out in Italy. You're bringing them in. The price is really super reasonable. But I wanted to talk today about import wines or from my side of the pond, export wines, because it really occurred to me for two reasons that we really need to understand what's going on with imports better. Here's the two reasons. The first is that if you go into a wine shop here in Italy or France, or anywhere really on the European continent, you can buy a great bottle of wine for five or six euros. Add 15% to it, that's what it is in dollars. So for under $7, let's say, you can drink really great wine that would cost you 30 or $40 in the U.S. And that's terrible. The other thing that's terrible is if you talk to winemakers here, they're starving to death because you can drink wine for $7. And they're just not making what I think is even close to a fair amount of money for their wine. And it's because there's so much greed involved in getting wine off of this continent and into places like like the U.S. or China or Australia, that we make these wonderful winemakers suffer. Some of them can't even afford to send their wines outside of the country, so you get a lot of the mass-produced stuff. And it's just a real sad state of affairs that these guys are starving while there are certain hogs that are sucking up all the profit. I'm not going to name names, Paul. No, but I know. You know who they are. You know who they are. I do. And I, you know what? And now that I'm out of the retail wine wine business, I could care less. I could care less whether they like me or not because they're greedy. They mm-hmm. suck up all the dough. So Paul, guess what we're going to do? We're going to take the cover off of this thing and we're going to tell it like it is. Are you okay with that, Paul? I'm you're an importer, an importer, but you're an honest importer. I'll do all the ranting. Okay. No, 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 no. It's good. Okay. Well, we're going to get into that in just a second. My guest is former bass player for Bad Company, Paul Cullen. He's now a chef, a tour guide, a wine importer, and he's still a musician, but he's not playing the bass anymore. He has gone to acoustic. We're going to be back in just a second with more Grape Encounters. By the way, coming to you from Abruzzo, Italy. But we're just talking about wine imports. This applies to all wines from all countries because it all pretty much works the same. And you need to be aware of what's really going on because the only way we change it is to understand. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. You're listening to Grape Encounters with David Wilson. We offer something for everyone. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to offer free wine. That's what your friends are for. At MM Organics, we're surrounded by health nuts. That's because we're obsessed with lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, and the risk of cancer. We want to make weight loss easier and help you strengthen everything from your heart to your teeth, nails, and hair. Full disclosure, those health nuts are actually dry-farmed heirloom certified organic raw walnuts. Rich with essential vitamins and nutrients, they're vastly superior to other nuts. Imagine 
Walnuts can actually lower stress and boost your brain power. No wonder MM Organics customers are so darn smart. MMOrganics.com is where you'll find our uniquely irresistible raw walnuts, walnut butter, oil and flour, sprouted flavored walnuts, and decadent fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, which pair beautifully with our legendary two horse port style wine. MMOrganics.com. Eating any other nuts is just plain nuts. So why in the dickens does wine cost so much money? You know, we've answered that question from different perspectives. I can certainly tell you why California wine is as expensive as it is. And that's because if you've ever looked at the price of an acre of land in Napa or Sonoma, (laughs) you know that if you're going to get into the grape growing business, you're going to spend a whopping amount of money. It's funny because there are California winemakers that are growing grapes and making wine in places like Chile and the wines are really quite amazing but because the price of labor and the price of land is a tenth of what it is in California you can buy those wines for a fraction of the cost and those wines are really exceptionally good all of the conditions there are very similar to California so don't shy away from those so that's where there are some really good bargains but when it comes to imported wine it's really a sick situation because there are so many people that step on the price of the bottle and so I want to take a moment with my friend Paul Cullen here. And Paul, I feel a little guilty because I'm putting you on the spot because I know you import wine and you do have to deal with some of the players that put markup on wine. But I think you're very gentle and you seem to have more influence on the price of your wines in order to keep them at a pretty decent rate. How negotiable are some of these people that are part of the food chain when it comes to the final price of a bottle of wine? Well, I'm an importer, so I don't charge myself to import my own wine. So that section's taken out, but I do have to pay for shipping. Yeah. So that's shipping and getting it into America, customs and all that stuff. But the end game is the distributor. So in America, you have to have a distributor to go to a store or a restaurant. So there's the three tier. It's the wine from Italy, which you call yourself an importer, and then the distributor. And then the end game is the retail or the restaurant. Well, we'll hold on just a second, though, because in a lot of situations, it's a four-tier system. It is. Because you've got, the, you've got the winemaker, you've got the exporter, you've got the distributor, and then you've got the retailer. For me, That's it's four. only three. But it's four yeah. in a lot of cases. Here, let's just jump to this wine calculator for a second. This is really cool. It's put out by these guys called Best Wine Importers. And it's a way of estimating what a bottle of wine that leaves some foreign place, what it looks like price-wise from the time it leaves to the time it gets into your shopping cart. And so we put in here an example of a bottle of wine. It's five euros. Okay. And five euros works out to be $5.75, right? So a case of that wine is $69, 69 bucks. Now, the part, Paul, that really shocks me is that the stuff that you think is going to be the expensive part, the ocean freight and the warehouse charges and things like that, 
They are relatively right. small, actually. No. Yeah, it's not too bad. I have one company that picks my wine up in Italy and delivers it to Delaware. So yeah. it's one charge. I know what I'm paying per case every time I do it. No, it's not too bad at all. I was actually surprised when I got into that import side of things. So let's look at it on this calculator for a second because they put in some basic numbers. You can change them if you want, but based mm-hmm. upon real world examples, that kind of what it should be. So the ocean freight is $4, but here's the thing, okay? It's a $5.75 bottle of wine. It's not $4 for the bottle. It's $4 for a case of 12 bottles, okay? Right. So what is that, like about 30 cents a bottle or something like that? And then the drayage, the brokerage, the insurance Uh is $2.50. The duty, and we always think that's going to be a huge thing, it's only 0.6 of a dollar. The inland freight, which is the freight from the port to the warehouse, is only 50 cents a case. Mm-hmm. The warehouse's charges for three months of storage is $1.50. So all of those charges, which you would think would really blow up the price of a bottle of wine, only amount to $8.91. But it's $8.91 for a case. Paul, that's crazy. That's hardly significant. Right. Then we go down, okay, and so we've got $8.91 that we tack onto the case of this $5.75 bottle of wine. There's a federal excise tax of $2.54. Here's where it gets ugly. The importer's markup on that bottle of wine, that $5.75 bottle of wine, is how much, Paul? About 40%. Yeah, that's probably pretty darn close. 40%. And then you have the inland freight from the importer to the distributor, that's a dollar and a half. No big deal. State excise mm-hmm. tax in New York, as an example, 0.7, 70 cents. Then comes the next one, the distributor markup. So we've got the importer brings it in. He steps on the price to the tune of 40%. Then the distributor jumps in and he steps on the price to the tune of 35%. Mm-hmm. But we're not done because what's next is the retailer. And I have been a retailer of wine for eight years. I don't do it anymore. I've tried to be really super honest with you all about it, but I'm here to tell you that retailers mark that wine up. In theory, they mark it up 50%, but it's BS. They mark it up 75%. And Paul, that's not the case if it's in a restaurant, right? What's that look like markup-wise? Oh, oh, less than 200%. 200%. Some people do three and 350. Yeah. So to put it all together, here's what happens, okay, with especially those three or four entities stepping on the price of the wine and then all of these other little less significant fees, your $5.75 bottle of wine is now $22.61. Now, what should we mark it up to for a good bottle of wine, would you say, Paul, in euros? Um, Decent bottle. Well, decent bottle. I mean, you could do like 15. 15. Okay. All right. Let's let's do 15. Okay. So 15 euros, that works out to be $17.25. Okay. Now here's the part that you really got to wrap your arms around. And then we're going to have to take a break. All of that stuff, the ocean freight, the brokerage, the insurance, the duty, the freight from the port to the warehouse, the warehouse charges and so on, they're going to still remain Mm $8.91. All of those expenses are going to remain the same, except for those three expenses, which are the importer, the distributor, and the retailer. So... Here's what they do. They drive the price up. This bottle of wine that is 
$17.25. Guess what, gang? The wine becomes, ready? $60.65. $60.65. And it left Europe, let's say, at a price of just $17.25. Are you okay with that, Paul? No. Sh- shouldn't the retailer and the wholesaler and the distributor take a little less as the price of the bottles go up? That just seems right to me. You would think so, but they certainly don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like super tragic. But anyway, I hope that gives you a really super good understanding of what's going on here because it really comes out of your pocket. And all I'm saying is, is that if all of these other people, the warehouse and freight people, if they're not concerned about how much that wine is worth and they're only concerned about the weight and the cost of moving it about, then why can't we have at least a similar situation with the people who are marking it up because they're trying to get it sold. I mean, they're just taking a disproportionate amount, I personally feel. And we could have a lot more really good and exciting wines to drink if we were a little bit more generous. What say ye, Paul Cullen? We got to go to a break, but... Yeah, I agree. It would be nice if they could change their percentages as higher the cost of the wine so they can keep it down so we can get a Barolo for $40 instead of $70. Yeah. We're going to talk in a second about the fact that people are missing the boat on a lot of great wines because of some of this stuff. And we'll return in just a second with Paul Cullen. And he is a Cullen area genius. And I'll also make sure that we tell you how to get in touch with him because he can make your life very wonderful. Indeed, that we will talk about when we return with Grape Encounters. Smoke from increasing wildfires is tainting wine grapes and vineyard executives are looking for new ways to adapt. Pure Fresh Wines O3 technology helps vineyards overcome the problems caused by wildfire smoke by treating grapes pre-crush to improve fermentation and overall wine quality as well as removing smoke taint. For the typical winery, saving a full harvest of grapes with Pure Fresh Wine costs only 10 cents per bottle. O3 technology has been approved by the FDA and USDA. It leaves no residue and uses no chemicals. It provides many benefits to wineries, including the removal of sulfur, pesticides, and fungicides pre-crush, the reduction of bad bacteria and mold issues, an improvement in roundness and fruit-forward palate notes, and so much more. Most importantly, it safely and naturally breaks down smoke taint molecules to save grapes from damage. Rescue your harvest from smoke taint. Visit purefreshwine.com today. When you discover a new favorite bottle of Chardonnay, sparkling wine, or artisan spirit at Total Wine & More, you'll discover a whole lot more. Like the friendly smile of an expert guide, ready to help you find that perfect bottle. And the confidence of knowing you just found something really special. Explore the wondrous selection and totally low prices at TotalWine.com, where you'll find what you love and love what you find. Please drink responsibly. B21. I got to tell you that my guest has the greatest, most interesting concept for a business that you can imagine. So you got this guy who was with one of the most iconic rock bands in American history, Bad Company, and had the privilege to play bass for them. But then he mellowed out a bit as he got a little older and decided to really get into the finer things in life. 
and that was wine and that was food and man can he cook but then he also got into more refined music and he plays jazz and he writes a lot of stuff and he's really 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 incredibly talented i've done events with him i know and he'll come to your house literally it doesn't matter where in the world you live You'll pay for it, of course, but he'll come to your house and he will entertain you. He'll wine you. He'll dine you. He'll pick out wines just for your special crowd. You will be amazed at what a good time you have. And I don't know anybody that loves his job more than Paul Cullen. Yes, no doubt. I can't even believe I do what I do. And for as many people as I've done it for since 2015, when it started, I've cooked for over 12,000 people. No kidding. From Costa Rica to Italy to San Jose, California, Chicago, Asheville, Nashville, Austin. It's been insane. You know, people just love the fact that I come to their house, I cook for them, I pour cool Italian wines, and then I play a concert afterwards. So fun. And you sing too, right? I do. I do a handful of bad company songs and then a lot of my own material that I've written in the last 10 or so years. Hey, have you ever thought about wines that pair with some of the big bad company hits? No, that would be a good title for a show. <laughs> Here, let's do this for just one second. You throw out a bad company title, got to be a big hit, and I'll tell you the one, okay? okay? All right. Feel like bacon love, or feel like making love. <laughs> feel like bacon. Feel like making love. Didn't. Oh my gosh. That's it's gotta be bubbly, I think, man. Yeah, it could be. But I see I got bacon in my head, so Well uh, yeah, because you're making fun of your own song. Yeah. Uh, okay, give me another give me another song. Okay, uh shooting star. Oh I Tanat. Mm, I'm thinking bubbly for shooting star. Oh, so you, we're totally. Well, I'm thinking tonight because when do you see shooting stars at nighttime? What are we gonna do tonight? We're okay. Give me all right. Well, all right, give me another one. This is fun. Ah, uh, see, uh, let's see. We can do can't get enough of your love. Can't get enough of your love. That'd be a really, really super expensive cabernet that we just feel so sad that we got to the bottom of. Can't yeah, get enough. Can't get enough of your love. What's the most romantic wine out there? What do you think? The most elegant romantic wine? Gosh, the most elegant romantic wine? I'm probably going to say that it's got to be a cab. It's yeah. got to be a so cab. I, I would go Barolo because of the elegance. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was, yeah, I was kind of thinking U.S. wines. That's probably yeah, true. Yeah. Barolo is certainly is certainly a really good choice, but I tell you, there's nothing that I think makes me feel more special than drinking a really good cab. But I do want to say to listeners that when I say really good cab, I'm talking about a cab that's going to set you back a hundred bucks. And right. I normally I normally am not the guy who preaches expensive wine. I am normally not that guy. I normally am the guy who's talking about twenty five to thirty five dollar bottles of wine because I think that it's just not necessary to spend too much. But if you do want to have an extraordinary experience with an extraordinary wine, go ahead and cough up the dough. And that would be for a Barolo too. It would actually be for a Merlot, a really, really, really good Merlot, a Cab Franc. It's just worth Amarone. it. Amarone. Huh? Amarone. That's oh, the sexiest wine. Yeah, that's, you know what? You're so right. You are so right. Yep. Romeo old Juliet thing, you know, because that's the that's the region, that's the area. Yeah. And then the process. 
of turning it into raisins and then making wine out of it. See, people may not know what we're talking about, but an Amarone is an Italian wine, and the way it's made is, well, there actually are a number of different ways that they do this sort of thing. You'll see things called repassos, you'll see a passimento, and it generally means that at least half the grapes have been either dried to raisins or they've been ripened an extra long time, and then they're joined with the other half of the grapes, which are made in conventional way into wine. And it creates this richness that's just extraordinary. It's really super labor intensive. It takes twice as many grapes to make the wine. So obviously it's just more money. That's it. Yeah. It's sexy is what it is. I don't even know why I, you know, I'm so sorry that I didn't even come up with that because I always tell people my favorite wine is Amarone. You know, me too. I can't believe it. It just popped into my head. Yeah. Yeah. Romantic, sexy, you know. But I'm going to Maybe that's the wine for for ready for love. And that's the other bad company. Maybe that's the wine we use for that one. But I do want to say this, and I'm not saying this to dis any retailers, okay? But there are some big retailers that sell wine and food groceries. You know who they are. They are very good stores. And there's about four of them that I can think of that have a lot of wine and wine at very good prices, low prices. They will have Amarones there. There's one in particular that I'm thinking of, and I'm being evasive because I just don't ever want to get sued on this show for dissing. I'm not dissing them, really, but I do want to say that their Amarones are crap. They're just awful. They're $19. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, they're 17 that's, that's, They have one at $17 and one at $19. I shouldn't say they're that bad. They're just not fabulous and they really don't deserve to be called Amarones. That's it. Do you know who I'm yeah, talking about, Paul? I do. Okay. Yeah. There's two of them actually in, in particular where you're going to find the Amarones and they're going to be cheap. Look, yeah. if you if you want to experience Amarone, then just know that when you drink that wine, it'll be good. Okay. It'll be good, but it'll only be about 20% good compared to a good Amarone. And a good Amarone is going to set you back 80 bucks at least. 80 bucks. Yep. If you're paying less than 60 bucks, I wouldn't even bother because they really are expensive. But they're really, really worth it, I would say. Yep. So anyway, are we forgetting any other Bad Company song? Bad Company. Yeah, Bad Company. So that's, that's oh, they okay. named them after a, a, a Western movie. So okay. I guess a Western a Western wine would probably- Well, listen, I got, I got two wines for that. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Petite Syrah and Petite Verdot. Oh, I love them both. In fact, you could use Petite Petite by Michael and David Vineyards. Yeah, I, yeah, I know that wine actually. That's really yeah, actually I know that's David pretty really well. Actually, he's a great guy and great wines. The, so the thing about uh, Petite Verdot, especially, it's such a gutsy wine. It's just big mm. and crazy. And if you get a bad one, heaven help you. But if you get a good one, it's like you own the whole town. It's so yep. great. And Petite Syrahs. What's interesting about those wines is they're just getting so good. They are. People are embracing Petite Syrah now, and they're making great Petite Syrah. And I just am so happy to see that because it was hard to find a good Petite Syrah. They were, sometimes they were just too obnoxious, but now they're just making some great ones. So that's yeah. that's the deal with that. I think that's my favorite. That's my favorite grape in uh, California is Petite Syrah. Really. <laughs> Yeah, and, and especially from over like the Sierra foothills, that region over there, which is very old world style growing techniques and stuff. Yeah, I, I love that area. You know, an, another grape that I think is a great value wine. Since we're kind of off topic here a little bit, but we're talking about the price of wine today. That's really getting good. It's gone through a lot of different phases in life 
where the style of this wine has changed a lot. But now I think the style that is kind of settling in is making what was a kind of fun and frivolous grape into a pretty serious contender. It could have been a contender. And I'm talking about Zinfandel. Zinfandel is really good right now. It's it really? it's drier. It's not the you know jammy fruit bombs of the past. There are a few of those out there, but for the most part, it's being made in a very elegant way. And so it, it really needs a new name, not Zinfandel, because nobody takes that name seriously. I think it's the fun part, Zinfandel. You know, it's just like sounds like right. something you'd get at the carnival, or something, right. right? Do you like Do you like Zin? I do. In fact, I'm going to go right back to Michael and David. There are seven deadly Zins. Is one of my favorite. Easy to get too. It yeah. is easy and to get. I actually yeah. wrote a song. There's a poem on the back of the bottle. I actually wrote a song. I'll, I'll have to send it to you sometime. Oh, I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear. Yeah, it's it. pretty cool. Yeah, I, I did it in a studio, so it's like professional recorded. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. The, those Michael and David wines, if I'm not mistaken, you can get those at those discs discount grocery and wine stores um you they, can they have yeah. pretty they have pretty good distribution and i know those guys i don't i mean i know them because i've interviewed them that's how i know them yeah. but they Lovely. they really do a good job and they're up in lodi and yep. if you're interested in really fun mostly fruit forward wines lodi is the place to go and lodi is a big region and you need to be aware of the fact that in napa and sonoma in the central coast of california paso Robles, they're bringing in a lot of fruit from Lodi and they're including that in blends. You don't know that fruit is there, but it could be 25% of what's in the bottle of that Cabernet that you're drinking uh, because that fruit up there is so good. And yeah. so an awful lot of Lodi fruit gets shipped out, out of the region and goes into some pretty darn good wines. Uh, Paul Cullen, we got to take a break. We're going to come back for just a couple more minutes. We're talking to Paul Cullen, a former bass player for Bad Company, but he's got a business called Tune Your Palette. And it's all about what I spoke about at the beginning of this segment. And, you know, check it out. It doesn't matter where you are. You can have him come. And uh, you, you probably can afford it, too. I think uh, he's pretty reasonable for what the guy does. It's not a commercial for him. But I wish more people were doing what he does because we'd be having a lot more fun in life. Back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Something amazing happened to me the other day at Total Wine & More. I found my new favorite Cabernet Sauvignon at a totally low price. As soon as I picked it up, it felt like, aha, I knew it was the one. So go explore their wondrous selection and you'll feel it too. Because at Total Wine & More, you'll find what you love and love what you find. Download the Total Wine app or visit TotalWine.com. But please drink responsibly. Be 21. You know, the danger of doing any show with Paul Cullen is that you will drift off course. <laughs> we always get together for interviews. It's not like we don't talk all the time because we're both really super busy. But then we have a long conversation the day that I call him and I say, Paul, I want you on the show. And then we have a really super long conversation. And then we get going in a lot of different directions during our conversation on the air. Paul, I yep. think you and I have attention deficit disorder. <laughs> 
probably, right? Definitely. ADD for Paul and me. Anyway, we're talking about today mostly the prices of wine. And, you know, some of the prices are what they are because they deserve to be. And frankly, if somebody's making a fabulous bottle of wine and they want to charge 60 or 80 or $100 for it, I'm okay with that. It better live up to that, though. It better. And some wines really honestly do. If you're not drinking those expensive wines, you know, you may not be aware of just how incredible they are. But when it comes to the importation of wine, it's really bothersome to me that I'm meeting all of these wonderful winemakers in places like Italy and France. Uh, You'd be surprised in the Bordeaux region of France. These folks that are making the Bordeaux Superior class, you know, they're selling them for seven bucks. And they're worth so much more than that. So much more. But they can't sell them for more than that because by the time the greedy people step all over them, they become too expensive for the consumer. That's the point, Paul, right there. Yep, I agree 100%. The guy who's making the wine, or whoever it is, man or woman, the family that's making wine knows that there's going to be all of these other things that are going to be tacked onto their wine, and they want the wine to get out there. They hope someday that they can sell the wine for a lot more. But for now, they want to get it in circulation. So they're taking a loss a lot of the time on these wines. Yes, they they are. Or not making enough. Not just a loss or barely making enough to get by. Yeah. So they know that you've got all these greedy people that are stepping all over the wine. I, I guess greedy isn't the fair thing to say, perhaps. But you know what? The companies that I'm talking about, they're plenty solvent. They got money coming out of their ears. They do. Yeah. I can relate this whole scenario to music also. You know, the person who writes the song and performs it, and nowadays not making any money from it, you know? And it's the same sort of thing, you know, because of the corporate part of it all, you know, so. Well, I wonder if Barry Manilow is rich because he writes the songs that make the whole world sing. Well, he did because he... Had a good contract back then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, guarantee he, he made a lot of money. He made a lot of money on on jingles as, as yeah. well. Well, yeah. you know, let me tell you another thing before we go here, gang. There's a company there, a big wine wholesaler. Now I've dealt with them for years, and when the pandemic came along, they didn't shut down. They just fired everybody. Okay, people who could have worked from home, they fired them all. They changed their business model. Get this. This is a company that's supposed to be bringing you wine and letting you taste the wine as a retailer so that you might consider selling that wine for the winemaker. And they don't do that anymore. That's the whole purpose of them being there is to do that so we could taste the wine. And these people fired everybody so they could make more money. And if we want to taste the wines, we got to go seek it out somewhere. And then if we're lucky, we can get it through the distributor. And it's going on right now. There's a big company that's doing it. And I really hate it. Can you tell I'm mad, Paul? I'm mad now. My face is getting red right now. Because this company, you know this company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're wealthier than you could possibly imagine. And they basically fired everybody. And they said to the people, the retailers, well, go figure it out. Go find wines you like. And if we carry it, we'll sell it to you. Then what do we need them for? We don't need them. Go away. Go do something else with your life. And you're doing a huge Mm. disservice to the wine drinking public and frankly, the spirit drinking public too, because we can't even taste the wines and evaluate them and find good things for the consumers. There, I said it. Feel good now? Let off a little steam, Paul. 
But it's the truth. And the funny thing is they get some great wines and this is what we're stuck with. And what are they doing? It's corporate America. It's called BIP. Blame it on the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's the pandemic's fault. Well, guess what? Everybody else is working. Hire those nice people back. They worked hard to get that job. Hire them back and run your business responsibly. Okay. All right. Paul, I got to lay down now. Okay. I know. Lots of wine. You can find Paul Cullen. His website is paulcullen.com, right? No, dot rocks. Oh, I forgot. Okay. It's uh, paulcullen.rocks. I saw that they had that that extension. I was like, oh my God. Well, I've got to get that. So it's paulcullen.rocks. Paul Cullen on the rocks. No, paulcullen.rocks. Is it rock or rocks? Rocks, R-O-C-K-S. Okay, paulcullen.rocks. You can find out all the stuff he's doing. You can listen to samples of his music there, I think, too, can't you, Paul? You can buy albums there. You can have a bar mitzvah done online there and even... No, you can't. That I haven't done yet, but that sounds like fun. (laughs) You can do it. Okay. Paul, thanks for being on, man. Cool. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the rant, Paul. I I probably... You probably never talked to me after that because that was just way, way super intense. Before we go... There's one thing that I do want to say. You know, anybody that knows me, anybody that's listened to the show for a really long time knows that I don't like to diss anybody. I don't know if you've ever realized that I never talk badly about any wine. You'll never hear me give a bad review because it's just not what I'm about. I really want to be very positive in things, and I really do try not to diss people. So I want to just add one final thought where this complaint toward distributors is concerned because there is a plus side to it, and I need to acknowledge it. And it's simply this. The one major, major, major service that the distributors do is they buy large quantities of inventory from the winemakers. They warehouse it. They keep it safe. They have it on site and available so that if somebody wants to buy wine for retail purposes, they can get their hands on it at practically a moment's notice, certainly in many cases the very next day. So that is a huge investment for the distributor, and if it weren't for that, a lot of wines wouldn't get in circulation. But, this is the big but, that being said, can't we be a little bit more generous where the winemakers are concerned? Voluntarily take a smaller cut, give them a little bit more for their wines, and keep them in business. They make huge financial sacrifices. So I really hope that we can make it easier on the winemakers as time goes on, especially after having gone through this whole COVID thing, and just make it easier for them to make a profit, stay in business, and keep us happy. Okay, uh, hopefully that clarifies a few things. Thank you, Mr. Paul Cullen. You're a lovely man. I gotta go. Okay, see you later. That's gonna do it for Grape Encounters today. We will see you next week at the same time. We will talk to you next week at the same time. Are you following Grape Encounters on social media yet? You're not? Well, you should be. It's the best way to hear the latest, juiciest, unfiltered wine stories. It's also the single best way to keep our unpretentious, decidedly different wine conversations going strong. 
We're on Instagram and Twitter at Grape Encounters. For tons of content on Facebook, you'll want to join our Grape Encounters radio group page. Or if LinkedIn is more your thing, connect with me by typing Grape Encounters Radio or Grape Encounters David in the search bar. Here's the deal. The more you click, the more I'll pour.